Hi guys and welcome to another episode of the Optical View Podcast. Episode 53. I am super pumped and excited for this week's guest, Sam Demma. Sam is a educational, motivational speaker. He's currently on tour, a massive speaker speaking tour right now going all across Canada, uh, starting off with Ontario. If you want to know more, you can always check out the links below. I'm going to put everything you guys need to know about that. He's also a published author. Empty your backpack. Sam is known for some incredible things and I'm super happy to have him on. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode half as much as I enjoyed recording it. This was incredible for me. Hope you guys love it. I'll see you guys in the next one. and welcome to another episode of the Optical View Podcast. I'm super excited about this next guest, the guest coming on for this episode. Sam, how's it going? Dylan, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for creating this space to chat and for inviting me onto the podcast. Man, before we get into who you are and what do you do, I have a couple quick rapid-fire questions for you. Let's go. (laughs) Favorite genre of music? Rap music. The favorite thing, your favorite thing about yourself is? Oh, uh, persistence. My persistence. <laughs> What's the best gift that you... A genuine compliment. I'm going to flip that around. What's the best gift that you ever gave? A genuine compliment. <laughs> okay. If a movie ever gets made about you, who would you want to play you in the movie? My best friend, Lucas. I love that. What is your favorite quote? Hmm. One that resonates with me right now is vinca qui patitur, which is a Latin phrase that means he who endures conquers. Okay, okay. Do you have any tattoos? And if you do, what's your favorite? If you don't, would you consider? I have three. One of them says SCA, which stands for small, consistent actions. Uh, The second one is an upside down empty backpack, which is a part of the whole empty your backpack project, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about today. And the third one says Vinca Keep at the tour. (laughs) Okay, okay. This next segment. Oh, wait, wait. Before I ask you, if you had to pick a favorite, which one would it be? A favorite tattoo? It would be the the little upside down backpack. Okay, okay. This next segment, this or that, the following options and a little bit about why you chose it. Sure. Hot or cold weather? Hot weather feels much better on my bones. <laughs> I agree, I agree. Cats or dogs? Oh, if I had to pick a dog because they have hypoallergenic options and I'm allergic to both. So. I like that answer. Tea. If you asked me a few months ago, I would have said coffee, but I've stopped drinking it. So I will say tea. I, yeah, I enjoy a warm glass of tea. Is that for the, did you stop drinking it because of the caffeine? I just wanted to get rid of my reliance on anything else to have me feeling energetic. And I felt myself leaning on coffee a lot for energy. And I wanted to instead figure out a way to build my own energy through the way I live my life, not the things I choose to drink. Uh, So I'm not like relying on anything. Okay. Okay. Morning or night person? Morning person. I'm in bed by like 930 up pretty early. (laughs) Okay, okay. This next one, I think I know, but I'd love to, uh, for you to, to you know, kind of dive in on tacos or burgers? <laughs> tacos, man. Um, yeah, I've had a lifelong love of tacos. And it, it really came to life during the pandemic with uh, one of my one of my good buddies. And we created a whole campaign around tacos. Yes, yes. I want to talk about that a little bit later. Pancakes or waffles? Um, probably pancakes. I don't really eat either of them, to be honest. But when I was a kid, me and my sister used to, we used to eat pancakes and we would, uh, like 
cover them in maple syrup. So I just have some good memories with pancakes. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Out of all the questions, that one split just about right down the middle. That's awesome. <laughs> Soup or salad? Oh, they're both so good, man. I would eat them together. I, I, if I had to choose, I would choose salad just because I, it's been something that I eat almost every day. Okay, okay. My personal favorite, pizza or pasta? <sighs> pasta, 100%, if I had to choose. Oh, oh, okay, okay. And last one special just for you. Does pineapple boil? No. No, sir. <laughs> okay. Okay, no, okay. no, sir. <laughs> Let's get into it, Sam. Who are you? Yeah, man, I appreciate you. Before I introduce myself, um, I, I always love to hear what other people think I am. So in your experience with me and what you've seen, how would you describe me? Ooh, that's fun. Um, I would just a motivator and an innovator, uh, somebody who tries to change the world around them one step at a time. Hmm. No, I appreciate that. I, I think, I think you're, if I mean, <laughs> uh, I think you're right. That, I mean, that's what I try to do. Um, if we're looking at the labels that I give myself, I'm an author, I'm a keynote speaker, uh, a youth motivational speaker, I'm a podcast host. So those are some of the things that I do. But at the heart of it all is trying to make a change, whether that's inspiring someone to make some better choices for themselves and their own future and also to inspire them to help the people or serve the people around them, which will in turn make the world a better place. I think that's really at the core of what I'm trying to do with all the different labels that I that I give myself. Perfect. Now let's get into it. First, uh, I don't want to call it break, but when was your kind of first appearance with doing all these things? It was my high school. I was finishing up grade 12 and at the same time going going through some soccer injuries that robbed me of a full ride division one scholarship and inspired by a high school teacher me and a buddy started this initiative where we would pick up garbage for one hour every saturday morning it started gaining traction and we wanted to get more students involved so i walked into my principal's office and was like hey we have a thanksgiving assembly coming up can myself and my friend, can we speak for two, three minutes just to provide a volunteer opportunity for our school community uh, and hopefully inspire some students? And because we were only asking for a few minutes, it was easy for my principal to say yes. We went into the gym. We did like a three to five minute speech. And I, in that moment, realized how much I enjoyed speaking and sharing stories that would move people emotionally and just kept doing it. So the first speech, the first appearance was when I was a grade 12 student, uh, and then it just slowly snowballed from there. Now, let me ask you, because I remember the first in front of an audience, and I was, uh, to put it lightly, petrified. How, how, were, how were the emotions for you? I was nervous, man. I spent the weeks leading up to it practicing the three-minute speech in my shower because I didn't want my parents or my sister to hear me. I was embarrassed. So I would speak to a wall of wet tiles. <laughs> um, and then even the day of, I remember vividly standing outside the school building, staring at a brick wall, again, practicing my three minute section over and over and over, pretty much right up until 10 minutes before I was supposed to speak. And then I ran into the gym and got ready. But I was nervous. I think the first time you do anything, you're going to be very nervous because it's very foreign. It's very new the way that I kind of dealt with those nerves was by preparation. I think when our nervousness overtakes us, it's because deep down, maybe we realize that we're not prepared or we didn't put in the work we needed to, to do a good job or to perform the way we are hoping we'll perform. But because I spent the weeks leading up to a practicing, I was still nervous, but I was reassured that I had done everything in my power to do the best job that I could possibly do at that point in my life. So I was nerved. I was nervous. But I practiced a lot. Um, and I still sweat to this day before a speech. And now I've done over 500 of them. So I think looking at nervousness as something that's actually good um, is helpful because we're all going to experience it. Yeah, you know, I was going to touch on 
it now. Um, how do you, you know, moving from being, you know, what would be considered a new speaker, which is kind of like to now, like you said, an experienced speaker over 500. How do you deal with the nerves now versus then? And what tips would you give to, to people getting into to speaking? Well, the first thing I remind myself is that nerves are actually a positive reaction that your body experiences because it means that you care about what you're about to do. You care about the audience. You care about doing a good job. If you're not getting nervous, people say this all the time, and I think it's so true. If you're not getting nervous, it means you don't care and you should probably do something else. So the first thing I would say is if you are feeling nervous, congratulate yourself. You know, you're human. That's a good thing. You care about what you're about to do. How you deal with it is a totally different conversation. For me, um, I meditate backstage before I go on almost every school show or event that I speak at. Uh, I sit in silence for five and 10 minutes and just connect with myself and my emotions and how I'm feeling and my intention for what I'm about to do on the stage. I also, right before I get on stage, spend about two or three minutes bouncing up and down on my balls of my feet almost like I'm skipping rope and it just gets my body moving and in a state of elevated energy and I think both of those two things combined are a little bit of my pregame to reduce the nerves but also get me primed and ready to go but there's no right or wrong prescription of what you should do before you speak you just have to figure out what works best for you yes and I mean how how long typically are your it ranges on what the clients are looking for. Uh, sometimes they're as short as 20 minutes. Sometimes they're as long as 90 minutes or two hours. Um, sometimes there's an event that happens over two days and they'll have me do one session on the first day and a session on the second day. Sometimes I'll do a full day, uh, two hours in the morning with a lunch break and two hours in the afternoon. Um, it just really depends what the client is looking to create. If you're just getting into speaking, uh, I would recommend creating a 30 to 45 minute speech if it's something you are serious about pursuing, because most schools uh, or events will want you to do a keynote and they usually have between 30 and 60 minutes. How do you keep your energy up? Like you said, you start by bouncing on the balls of your feet. How do you keep that energy up for that length of time if it's 90 minutes, two hours, etc.? I think it's a two way conversation once you start the speech. Telling a joke and hearing the audience laugh energizes you. Uh, hearing silence across a room of 2,000 people when you're telling an emotional story energizes you. Uh, it's like it's, a, it's an interactive experience for both the speaker and the audience. And so feeding off of the energy of other people is one way. But really, the conversation about energy starts way before I arrive at the venue or the school and it, and it begins with not sacrificing my non-negotiable habits. And these habits include doing yoga and a meditation in the morning when I wake up, uh, doing my workouts, um, drinking my greens, taking some supplements, drinking lots of water, making sure that I sleep for eight hours. All of those things are much more important to my overall energy than just the things I do right before I step on the stage. So I would say like energy is, is really important, whether you're a speaker or whatever you're choosing to pursue in your life and having some habits that help you generate energy, like the ones I just mentioned, uh, is really, really important. Man, I absolutely love some of what you just said. Now, let's go into some of this in speaking in front of an audience versus in front of nobody on screen, right? So obviously there's much difference in the way that you pause the, the way that you enunciate and stuff like that go into and in, into how you differentiate those yeah well first of all when you're speaking virtually or in front of a screen you can't really read the room because most of the time you can't see the whole room um, you don't know whether or not people are laughing because they're all on mute to respect the speaker um you don't have those moments after the speech where you can hug somebody, shake their hand, or answer a question and take a picture, which I think is really impactful. Um, but there's also some pros to virtual speaking. For example, uh, when you're in a live audience, 
speaking to make every audience member feel seen you physically have to look at every single person in their eyes whereas virtually all you have to do is look into the camera lens and every single person watching on their own device feels like you're looking at them and so there's a really unique connection uh, with each and every audience member virtually that's a lot easier to achieve than when you're in person standing in front of 2000 people because you have to look at every individual person so I think there's pros and cons to in-person and virtual. Um, honestly, the biggest things that I ensure I have when speaking virtually is good audio and good video. You know, people are used to watching Netflix movies and TV specials. If you go to deliver a virtual presentation and you don't have good audio and good visuals, People are going to get really bored very quickly, and it's not going to be an enjoyable experience. And so I would say, first and foremost, have the correct equipment for the type of speech you're about to deliver. And I think that's something that's very um, overlooked, especially when the COVID-19 pandemic first hit. When, uh, when in person, uh, I really try and feed off of the people in the room. Someone might say something out loud. Uh, I'll actually address it and like tie it into my speech if it's a if it's a two or three day conference i'll attend the whole conference and listen to the other speakers and i'll tie some of their content into my message to really weave everything together um, so i think there's many differences uh, there's many different ways to approach it um you yeah i, I don't know if that, i don't know if that answers your question i think that was a great question though no i i think you absolutely touched on uh, on the big difference and how you deal with it now, I want to go and ask you a few questions about one of your TED Talks. Um, something you mentioned, small, consistent actions. Can you talk a little bit about that and how that started? I know you, you touched a little bit on your story, uh, but just initiated and, and what it means to you. When I was in high school, my dream was to become a professional soccer player. I had these three major knee injuries, lost the scholarship, lost the ability to play. And I had a teacher in my life who helped me realize that soccer was just a game and life is filled with thousands of games. And at any point in time, you can start playing a new one. And he was always passionate about solving social problems. And so he spent one day in class breaking down the lives of figures in history who had directed their energy to try and solve different social issues and tried to prove to us that all these people who made such big impact had one common characteristic. And the characteristic was that they all took thousands of small consistent actions. And he challenged us to go in the community as students, take a small consistent action to see if we too could make a difference. And I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I could no longer play sports. And so every day I would walk home and I started asking myself, you know, what small action can I take? And long story short, I, I stumbled upon a coffee cup one day and I decided to pick it up and made my small consistent action picking up garbage walking home from high school. And a buddy saw me named Dylan, <laughs> funny enough, and he was like, hey, man, let's uh, let's do something with this. And we started picking up litter for one hour once a week as our small consistent action. And it grew so fast and we gained so much momentum with the initiative in our community that we never stopped. And over five years, we did over 300 cleanups, filled 3000 bags of garbage. And it, it really just taught me from a young age how impactful being intentional about our choices can be. Right. It seems insignificant picking up one piece of garbage, but it led to 3000 bags filled. 6,000 volunteer hours given out to high school students because we took the action consistently. And so I've taken that framework, that idea of small, consistent actions, and I've applied it to all areas of my life. I want to improve my business. What small actions can I take to do so? I want to improve my health. What small actions can I take consistently to make that a reality? And maybe there's something in your life that you want to change, right? Maybe there's something you want to improve. Instead of overwhelming ourselves about thinking about the massive thing we want to accomplish, Let's just ask ourselves, what is our next small step? What is the next small thing we can do every single day to push us forward? Because the reality is big change is just thousands of small actions and, and intentional choices. 
Yeah, wow. That that very much reminds me. Do you know do you know who Simon Sinek is? Yeah, of course. Right? So he my favorite quotes. It goes, Dream big, think big, but most importantly, start. Mm. That right? I mean, uh, a journey of a thousand steps begins with one step, right? It's so uh, easy to have this big goal, and it's great to dream big. It's great to have these ideas and what you want and, and plan it out. And you have to start somewhere, and you have to start consistently, and it may be small, but I, I love, I just, I love that, and I love what what you have done and and really what you've shared with so many people right i appreciate it man oh dude and something else that that really intrigued me was uh the video of the video that you posted uh when you first went to university about how to make new friends where did you come up with I was just lonely. I started school. I didn't know anybody. I'm a very outgoing person, though I also really value my independent time and my introverted aspects of myself. But walking the university campus, it just seemed like everyone was glued to their phones. And I was having a difficult time making some friends. So I <laughs> I just came up with a random challenge in my mind. And I called it one person a day. And uh, one day, one person. And I challenged myself to just walk up to one total stranger on campus every day, introduce myself and try and have a genuine conversation to learn more about them and hopefully make a cool connection. And I posted this video inside the university's Facebook group chat for all the new first year students, introducing myself saying, hey, my name is Sam. And I've decided to do this challenge. So if I talk to you on campus, just know here's why I'm doing it. Um, and like 400 students or something liked it and commented on it and started expressing that they were feeling the same way. And so when I realized this, I was like, oh my goodness, I think there's an idea here, uh, an idea about connection and, and an idea um, about, about making friends that everyone from my university could benefit from. And at the time, I also got reached out by somebody to do my second TEDx talk. And I was like, wouldn't this be a cool, unique idea to share? So that's kind of where the idea came from and, and, and why I did it in the first place. Wow. I want to touch on how you come up with your talks and your ideas for talks in just a minute. With this. So obviously now you are a very busy person, right? Speaking, tour coming up, book, everything like that, website, podcast, etc. How do you currently challenge yourself daily? Yeah, great question. Um, I think pushing myself physically is a big part of my challenges. Um, I'm always trying to lift a little bit more weight, uh, do a little bit more challenging yoga videos. Um, I, I push myself in business by setting bigger goals. Um, I try and remind myself that doing new things, um, is going to be difficult at first, but it'll force me to grow as a person. So sometimes saying yes to opportunities that I'm not totally confident in myself to deliver on is one way that I would push myself because then it forces me to grow and expand and stretch. Um, I heard a Nipsey Hussle quote recently, and he said, you know, if every once in a while you're not lying in your bed saying, what the heck did I just get myself into, uh, then you're not pushing yourself enough. And I think it's not a healthy state to live in 24-7, 365 days a year. But every once in a while, I think it's really healthy to feel that way. And, you know, right now I, I decided to plan this cross Canada tour I'm hiring, well, I've hired three people and I've never been responsible for, you know, paying full-time salaries for, for a couple of months. Um, I've decided we're going to do 82 presentations. So I've taken on this big task of selling 82 presentations at high schools across the country. And then we got to book 82 hotel rooms. And we, I mean, it's in, it's in about a month and five days. We still don't have the vehicle. So there's like, there's a, there's a lot of things that I'm still trying to figure out. Um, 
So I push myself by sometimes setting goals that I don't think I'm ready for and then and then diving right in. Wow, I love that. That kind of just jumped right into it. Um, again, I want to touch on on your speaks and your talks later, but let's talk about this tour that you got. Um, what are you going to be talking about if you can tell us? And if you can't, that's okay too. And on top of that, you mentioned all 82 dates. Are those going to be different talks for all 82 different dates? Like a comedian, the way you build a touring speech is by delivering it hundreds of times. And so I, over the past two years, have been iterating consistently a talk that I've been delivering at different high schools. And now I've decided is the is the right time to take it on the road. Um, the message itself is very much related to uh, mental mental health, mental well-being. I'm encouraging students to stop carrying around the thoughts, opinions, and expectations that other people or society place on their shoulders. Right? We spend so much time caring, caring, and carrying the things that other people say about us um, or the expectations that they give to us whether it's things that we ask for or not and so empty your backpack is all about reminding students to proactively define themselves and live a life that's meaningful to them even if it disappoints the people around them and this idea of wearing and having a giant four-foot backpack strapped to your shoulders filled with all these thoughts and ideas also means that every single person has one but because they're all giant and invisible we don't actually know the things that other people are dealing with or going through. So a big part of the speech is also a call to action for kindness because we have no idea what people in our school community or in life in general are dealing with or are going through when we're not talking to them. And I have some very vulnerable emotional stories that I share, uh, but there's also a ton of laughing um, and it's just overall a lot of fun. And of course I bring, the four foot red backpack on stage as well. Um, so yeah, that's like a little bit about the, the touring presentation. So it's no, it's not a, it's not a different speech. There might be slightly different takeaway messages depending on what the school community wants me to focus on. Um, but no, it's a, it's a proven product that we've built over the past couple of years, delivering it a few hundred times. Now also talking about that was it named after your most recent, yeah, good question. The tour was definitely named after the book. I strategically released the book first to generate a lot of uh, hype around the entire project uh, because at the book launch is when I announced publicly that we'd be doing this cross-Canada tour. Um, and so the book is named Empty Your Backpack. The tour is named Empty Your Backpack. There's also a spoken word poem and animated video that we produced and pushed out as well which is also titled Empty Your Backpack. So everything um, about the project, all the different pieces are of the same branding, which I think makes it very easy to grab onto and, and understand. Um, and I also just thought it was like a very powerful three words. So uh, I'm hopeful that the message will continue to, to get out there and, and more students will benefit from it. Talk about we and your team. Can you dive in a little bit on who else is on that team and who else is in the we? Yeah, man, I would love to. I am so blessed that the people who have stepped up to help um, are like, honestly, some of the best human beings that I know. Across Novia is a videographer. Uh, he's the individual who will be filming everything. Uh, we're doing a documentary of the whole trip and we're also going to be posting like three to four reels a day and a bunch of short form content across all platforms. He's been making videos for a few years and he's a close friend of mine. Uh, he's actually decided to temporarily leave his full time job um, to come and help, which is like a huge, huge blessing and honor. Uh, then we have Alion Khan, who's a really close friend of mine as well, who, who works at Microsoft. Um, he is going to be finishing school and joining us for the last two months of the tour. So the first month, it'll just be me and Cross. He's helping out with all the logistics, email communication, social media communications. And then we have his girlfriend actually coming, whose name's Nina. And um, she'll be driving the RV. And she'll also be helping with uh, accommodation logistics and food to make sure that we're always eating. Because 
sometimes we'll have four presentations in a day and we'll be running left, right, and center and going to some interviews and different things. So making sure that we're hydrated and well-fed is going to be an important task. Um, so yeah, these, these three people are all people who are in my circle of friends. I never even had to put out a post saying, Hey, we're looking to hire somebody. I just had some conversations with these individuals and immediately they were all on board. So super excited, super pumped and couldn't be any more grateful for their help and support. Wow. You turn it from an I to a we, it just, I think it just shows how much character you have, but the thing that really sparked my interest is food aspect. What's on the menu for this tour? Can you give us some insights? It's a good question. To be honest, uh, that question will be answered hopefully soon when we secure a food sponsor. It would be awesome mm -hmm. if a if a major company hops on board and says, "Hey, here's you know ten thousand dollars worth of gift cards for you to use at our locations across Canada." Um, but aside from that, uh, we have like a food budget for each person per day. Uh, we'll probably be eating a lot of wraps, a lot of salads, uh, a lot of peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> I, I think it'll be a little bit of a challenge um, to make sure that we we're eating lots of really great food because we don't have access to like barbecues and kitchens every day. Um, but we're going to do our best and we're going to make it work. And we're hopeful that a, a, a food sponsor will, will come on board shortly. Mm, not too many tacos then. <laughs> we might do some tacos. I, I think maybe after some celebration moments, we'll, we'll grab tacos. We just got to make sure that we watch the waistline with the food that yeah. we choose to eat, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about the taco and why is it so important to you? During the pandemic, one of my good friends was really struggling and I called him up. It was like 2 p.m. in the afternoon. He was still in bed and I could tell just by the tone of his voice that he was struggling and not doing so well. And after the call, I just asked myself, what, what can you do to make your friend feel a little bit more appreciated? And I had no idea. So I went on his Facebook page looking for inspiration, scrolled through all of his posts. And I saw this one post from like 2019 that said my vote for dinner tonight is tacos. So I was like, oh, perfect. I'm going to surprise him and his wife, Emily, with tacos for dinner tonight. I went on Uber Eats, found the taco dinner for two, left a note for the delivery person that said, this is from Sam. He hopes you feel better. You know, when you order food like that, you can watch the car drive down every street. Yes. I, I watched every turn, car arrives, get a notification saying the tacos were delivered. A minute later, Andrew and his wife, they FaceTime me and they're sitting at their kitchen counter, box of tacos open behind them, like bawling their eyes out, Dylan. And they're, they're, they're yelling at me. They're like, we're never going to forget this moment. These tacos changed our life. Thank you for making us feel seen, heard, valued, and appreciated. And the whole time I was like, guys, relax. It's five tacos in a box. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's not that serious. And he was like, no, when you go out of your way to make somebody else feel special and appreciated, you create a moment in someone's life that, that they may never forget. It may be insignificant to you, but the person on the receiving end, it could change their life. And I guess they never forgot because they went on to like spam my phone with hundreds of taco emojis every single day after that, after that story. And on my birthday, they sent me an image of a smiling yellow taco and above it, it says, be someone's taco. Wow. And it's not about buying people food. It's about reminding ourselves that our small actions matter, that every day we should use a little bit of our time and energy to make the life of somebody else a little bit better and a little bit easier to help them empty their backpack. And so when I think about tacos now, I instantly think about kindness. And Taco Bell Canada during the pandemic hopped on board and was providing free tacos to students who sat in on our virtual presentations. Uh, they could take this special coupon to a nearby Taco Bell and they would give them a free taco and challenge the students to do something kind in the community. Um, so there was a whole campaign around it. And it's also now its own chapter in my new book, Empty Your Backpack. Wow, I love that. Let me ask you this then, Sam. What would you say, or say, 
that we can be somebody else's taco, whether it's to somebody I know or somebody I don't know. It could be as simple as sending them a quick message and someone you haven't talked to in a while saying, Hey, I'm, I'm thinking about you right now. Um, and I hope you're doing really well. I'm sending you lots of love and good energy. Let's catch up soon. Uh, it could be as simple as complimenting somebody, giving someone a genuine compliment when you see them. Uh, there's a book called the seven spiritual laws of success. And one of the laws is the laws of giving. And I love it. The, the author Deepak Chopra, he says, every person you meet, you should give something. And he said, it's not about giving something physical. It could even be a compliment or a silent compliment. It could be a compliment that you give them in your head uh, that you don't even say out loud, wishing that person health, wealth, and prosperity. And this way you could give something to every single person you come in contact with. So I think being someone's taco is, is really all about asking yourself each day, how can I appreciate the people around me? How can I make the people around me feel a little bit loved and cared for? And from there, just come up with some sort of an action or an idea. Um, so yeah, I think that really answers your question about being someone's taco. It's it's not less about food and, and more about being of service. Yes, yes, exactly. Now, immediately, right? We've only been chatting for probably 35, 36 minutes here. Such a positive and uh, caring and, and all these these good high energy emotions. How do you avoid negative and, and uh, for lack of a better term, bad emotions? Yeah, I think we all feel them, right? We, we, all, we all feel them. I've, I've tried to remind myself that our emotional state as human beings is something we decide and not something that's determined by external situations or circumstances. It's very difficult, but it's a worthy, it's a worthy challenge uh, because so often in life we tell ourselves, I feel, insert the emotion, because X is happening. Um, and, and, it's, and it's natural. It's normal. It's like, yes, we're human. We're going to feel emotions because things are happening. But I've seen two people go through the exact same external circumstance or situation and internally feel something totally different about it. And the reason that's possible is that people choose to assign different meanings and different beliefs to the things that are happening around them. And once you start to understand that it requires the same amount of time and energy to choose a positive meaning for something that's happening in your life as it does to choose a negative meaning for something that's happening in your life, I would say I would always choose the positive, even when it's more difficult, even when it's more challenging. Does that mean I don't feel negative emotions? No, but it means that I try my best to um, look at everything that happens in my life from the perspective of it's happening for me, not to me. And that keeps me hopeful and it keeps me, uh, it, 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 it keeps me in a position of power uh, because I'm choosing how I'm feeling instead of being reactive to the things that are happening. So I would say that mindset shift is a really important one when it comes to dealing with negative emotions and thoughts. And then the other thing I would say is that they are just emotions and thoughts. They are temporary and they will pass. Um, you know, meditation has helped a lot uh, because meditation helps you live your life in the present moment. And most of the time, our negative and positive emotions are attached to events that happened in the past or have yet to happen in the future. Whereas if you ask yourself the question, what's wrong right now in this moment, usually the answer is nothing. So uh, meditation has been a big help as well, along with trying to shift my mindset around this idea that we get to choose our emotional state. It's not something determined by things that happen outside of us. Wow. I love that. You don't always get to choose what happens get to choose how you react to it. hundred percent. Let's go into this tour once again. I really want the audience. To know, um, what are all, I mean, if you know them offhand, great. If you don't, where can we find them? Or what are all the Ontario dates and what that's the timeline for that? Yeah. The tour begins on March 20th, ends on June 15th. Uh, the first basically month, and a week from March 20th until the end of April, we're in Ontario. We have 28 schools. Um, from there, we head to Manitoba. We're in Manitoba from May 1st to May 5th. Uh, the two following weeks after that, we're in Saskatchewan. Then the two following weeks after that, we're in Alberta. And then the final 
two weeks until June 15th. We're in British Columbia. Um, so far, we've publicly announced all of the Toronto dates. Uh, sorry, all of the Ontario dates. Um, you can find those on my Instagram at Sam underscore Demo. Um, they're not public events, so you can't actually come to them. They're booked with in like private schools and and like you know so they're they're happening at the school's gymnasium, so they're not open to public. But we might do some public events in the future. Um, but yeah, those are those are that's the schedule. Those are the provinces we're speaking in, and we're currently right now focused on booking the Saskatchewan the Manitoba, the Alberta, and the BC dates, and we'll be releasing them very soon. Wow. Uh, how, how are you doing on time here? I got some more questions, but I want to know how you're doing on time. I'm doing great, man. I'm here. I'm, I'm, and we're on the call. Let's, let's make it happen. Okay, sweet. For the, the dates that, or any place I should say, that you haven't been able to book, that you want to book, and if you can't get it this time, you're definitely going to go in the yeah, I mean, things are happening. And and what I keep telling myself is everything will unfold the way it's supposed to. The only thing I can I can control is showing up every single day and taking the actions that I know I need to take to make things happen. So that's making phone calls, sending emails, following up with people, um, filming videos, posting content. I'm doing all this stuff. Things will fall in place. M my hope is that this will be leg number one because we're going from Ontario all the way west to B.C., and we're missing all the eastern provinces like Nova Scotia and uh, Prince Edward Island and Quebec. And so from September until mid-November of next fall, uh, we'll do the same thing again, but we'll go from Ontario all the way east to, you know, St. John's, Newfoundland. So those are the places where I'm hoping we'll, we'll reach that we're not reaching with this tour. And then after, you know, I do all of Canada, I hope to do something across North America. I have my E1 work visa, so I'm able to legally work in the U.S. Um, and I would love to do something across the states in the future as well. Wow. I know you just touched on it a little bit there. What's your long-term goal? What do you want to be known for and how are you going to get there? Yeah, I want to be known to be the most impactful speaker in the education space the most highly requested and paid speaker in the education space. At one point, I will not, I'm not, I'm not there yet. And it's going to take me a long time to get there, but I will not want to continue traveling every single day uh, because I'll probably have a family and kids. And so at some point in my future, my plan is to create an agency where I represent other talent. Um, I love sales and I love mentorship. So I would love to put other people on stages um, and and be more of the manager and the agency side of things. So that would be like a long-term goal. But as of right now, it's just more speeches and creating more products that I think will help kids with their mental well-being and their own personal pathways in life. Um, that includes a second book, which I, I already know what it's going to be. <laughs> and I'm not going to say it out loud yet, but um, there's a second book on the way. There's going to be a journal on the way. Um, and I just, I think, again, I love Nipsey Hussle and I saw a quote and he was like, the highest act in life is to inspire. Mm -hmm. And really that's the purpose for all of this. I'm hoping that something that I do, maybe it's not the taco thing that resonates with you. Maybe it's not the backpack thing, but maybe it's going to be the thing that I do two years from now that really connects with a person and helps them make some better choices in their life. And my hope is that that's what happens. And, and I want to be remembered as, as somebody who prolifically gave and put people on and help people with their, with, with their journeys. Um, while at the same time, building an amazing life, uh, personally, because that's also something that I'm passionate about. Wow. I love that. Now. So curious being so busy and so much going on, how do you schedule your day, your weeks, everything? you do and and what tools do you use to help you for scheduling that google calendar is the biggest one i actually missed a speech in my first year back in like 2017 because i didn't have it on a calendar <laughs> and it gave me nightmares for months 
So I started using Google Calendar. I color coat my calendar. Everything that's purple is a speech. Everything that's blue is a sales call or a meeting. Everything that's yellow is a podcast interview. And everything that's red is a personal event, whether that be hanging out with friends, family, or just scheduling time to chill. Um, that really helps me and gives me a visual representation of where I'm choosing to spend my time. It's like a quick snapshot. Um, I also use um, what's, uh, screen, like the screen timer limiting app okay. on my iPhone to make sure that I'm not spending too much time on things that aren't going to help me push the needle forward, like social media or certain apps and games on my phone. Um, I think daily, the most important thing for me is my non-negotiables. Uh, not sacrificing certain habits. And I mentioned them earlier, like meditation, journaling, uh, working out, uh, taking my supplements, drinking lots of water, all those things, yoga, they're all very important to managing my my energy levels. And so making sure that I do those first thing in the morning is really important. Uh, these days, I'm I'm not as strict around what I'm doing every single hour of every single day, just because um, I'm getting emails like every 15, 20 minutes and so I'm I'm a little bit in a reactive state, which might not be the most positive place to be in. Uh, but for the planning of this tour and trying to schedule 82 presentations, I kind of have to just answer all these emails and continue having these conversations uh, to make this whole project come to life. Um, but yeah, outside of protecting my mornings and my evenings, uh, the middle of the day is is really up to what I'm focused on or or what the big uh, bucket goals are for that week or for the next coming months. Wow. I'm some of those tips for sure. Uh, I've been implementing the screen time more and more, and that's really helped with my, uh, to pursue the things in life that I want. Right mm. now I am curious because, you know, I don't think I'm as busy as you, but I'm definitely somebody who I consider busy being a high performer. How are you able to to manage your relationships, whether this be with your parents, with maybe friends, uh, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it would be? How are you able to manage that time and, and really the interpersonal relationships? I think the first thing is managing expectations. Um, some expectations, some relationships require a lot of time invested to bring them to life for example, intimate relationships. Uh, for that reason, right now, I'm actually, I've decided to remain single. I'm, I'm not looking for a relationship. I'm not pouring energy into finding one. Um, simply because I don't feel like I'm ready to invest that much time and energy into a partner um, right now. And I think that individual, like she would probably want a lot of my time and a lot of my energy, which I know I'm just not ready to give yet. And so I'm not looking for that. Uh, but in, in terms of my friends and my family, it's all about managing expectations. When I know that things are about to get really busy, I tell my friends. I have one friend, his name's David, and I love David, and, and we have a great relationship. We work out a lot together. Uh, and I told him, I'm like, bro, I've, I know we've been hanging out often. These next couple of months are going to be hella busy for me. Um, I'm not really arranging hangouts with friends. Uh, we'll talk on the phone and catch up every couple of weeks but I won't be uh, like going out. I, I got to focus because if I don't focus, I know things aren't going to happen. Um, and so it's a lot of relationships in my experience has been around managing expectations. And it doesn't mean that the re relationship falls apart. Um, it means that it slightly shifts for a period of time. Um, some of my best friends, I actually don't see them once a week or, or sometimes even once a month, but because we don't see each other that often, when we do get together, it's a very meaningful experience and we cherish each other's presence that much more. Um, so I would say it's different for everybody. Uh, because I live at home, I see my parents and my sister every single day. Um, I have my friends' birthdays on my calendar to make sure that I don't miss milestones and, and celebrating them and supporting them as well. Um, sometimes I'll just pick up the phone and I'll, if I haven't talked to someone in a while, I'll call them. But it, for me, it all comes down to managing expectations and just being extremely transparent with my time and um, and how I can kind of fit them in or make things work and, and build good relationships. But take this all with a grain of salt. I'm still trying to figure it all out. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Now, some of these ideas that you have for talk, 
speeches and stuff like that, I, they seem to kind of vary so much. I mean, some of them have a, a similar idea point, but the way that they come up is very different. How do you come up with these ideas? On top of that, what do you use? I had a comedian on, and he was speaking about how sometimes he's in the shower and an idea pops right before he goes to bed and he has to use his phone to record the idea so he can remember like a little keynote of it and get it the next day. What what do you use? Yeah, I think the the first thing is that I, I write everything down. I journal a lot. Being present in your day-to-day -day life is where you'll find your best content if you're looking to get into speaking or presenting uh, because your your life is a mine of amazing experiences. Like I don't use anybody else's stories on stage. Everything I talk about is a personal experience I've been through. And most of them have been captured in the pages of journals after they happen that day. And it might not be for a couple of months or even a year that I realized, wow, this could be a really good story that I share. But, but because I wrote it down in a journal, it's kind of saved. Um, so I would say my habit of daily journaling has helped me capture lots of content and ideas and then in terms of developing it i would then take the idea and write it out like a long story deliver it out loud practice it in my basement in front of the mirror a bunch of times uh, think about how i could inject humor and and tell jokes as a part of it think about what the big bucket takeaway message is going to be um i know there's lots of tools out there like notes and different apps you could use for me paper has always been the most helpful up until this point um, so I would say journaling is, is the system that I use to capture my ideas. And then from there, I, I take the ideas and build on them. I love that. You also mentioned you have a, you have a podcast yourself, correct? Yeah. Speak a little bit about how do you find guests, stuff like that. The podcast is called the high performing educator. And it's a podcast that I started to chat with people in education. So we interview like principals and teachers and superintendents, anybody that's having an impact on students or is playing a role in influencing students. Um, I've interviewed about 260 different people in education all around the globe. Um, and I find guests through my past guests. Uh, after I interview one, I, I simply ask them like, hey, who else do you think may enjoy this experience of uh, talking about their educational journey? And, and would you mind connecting me to that person? Um, and most of the time, every guest that I've had has been more than happy to make a connection for me. Um, and so it's kind of just snowballed from there. Wow. I love that. It's funny. You actually mentioned that you asked past guests. I do something very similar. I typically it might be a week or two weeks. I try and keep it um, around that time frame, and I will myself go and ask past guests. That's actually how I found you. So, oh I, no I, way! Yeah, I had on uh, Benji's Coffee Company. I'm not sure. I think you've met Benji once, once anyway. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny enough, he he didn't even bring you up. He mentioned a couple other people, but he started sharing your book on his story. It was oh, like find out about this guy right because he you know sometimes people say one thing and they want to say this person right and for whatever reason maybe they don't and so you are being shared on his on his Instagram like repeatedly right he got your book signed he met you in person he, he saw a talk with you and etc and I was like I kind of get in contact with this with this Sam guy Right. So I, I really, I really love that idea of reaching out to past guests is something that, that I've grown a lot from. And I think you have, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, whether it be audio or taking information that way. Um, is that true? A hundred percent. I think being a consistent learner always looking for more information, asking big questions is really important. Uh, when you when you feel like you've arrived is when you'll stop learning. So you, you don't want to ever tell yourself, okay, I've, I've become the best I can possibly be. I've learned everything there is to learn because that's when you'll stop growing and you'll stop searching and you'll stop improving. I love books. 
I love reading books. I love reviewing books. Um, I think it doesn't have to be books. Uh, you can listen to podcasts. You could have conversations with mentors, but make sure that you have some form of uh, self, self-paced learning in your life um, because I think it's really important. You shouldn't stop learning when you finish school. It should be a lifelong process if you want to continue growing and improving and reaching higher and, and doing more. So I think learning is a very valuable skill that everyone should take very seriously. I absolutely love that. I'm going to ask you right away, though, what are your top three books that you would recommend to anybody listening? Uh, the Way of the Superior Man, How to Win Friends and Influence People, and Empty Your Backpack. <laughs> I love that. Last thing I want to touch on here, the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers. You are a member. Yes. How did that, how did you become a member and what is that? Yeah, it's it's an association filled with people who deliver speeches for a living. Some of them work in the corporate space. A uh, few of them work in the education sector. Uh, this association has been around for a long time and it's, it's really just a group of similar and like-minded individuals who can come together to share their experiences, to participate in professional development opportunities with the goal of helping them grow their business and expand their impact. Um, the association has a couple hundred members across Canada. I, I'm the youngest member um, currently. And to become a member, you have to hit a certain like income per year from speaking. And it took me a year and a half to actually make that a reality. So at first I wasn't actually a member, I was just a guest. And for a year and a half, I attended the convention. I, um, I went to all the monthly meetings and I just tried to soak up as much game as I could. And when I, was, when I, when I qualified for making enough money to join, um, I paid the membership dues and joined the association and got involved as quickly as I could. I then earned a, a spot on the board of directors for the Toronto chapter in Ontario. And um, I served in that role for two years, uh, organizing all of the programming for the chapter. So I was responsible for hiring all the speakers that were going to present at our chapter each month to ensure that our members got some valuable information for their, their businesses. Um, but for me, it's really now just become a, a, a phenomenal community filled with big hearted people who understand my world and who can provide me with ideas, vice versa, when we're facing things that we've never faced before. Wow. I love that. I asked you that you think I should ask you. Um, no, man, I think you've done a really great job. I really appreciate you bringing me on the podcast today and you're, you've done a, you've done a great job. You should be really proud of yourself. Thank you. Now, before we end it off, I, three questions for you i have a special one so it's going to be four questions the first question end it all what three qualities do you possess that make you successful i wish you could ask other people in my life this question <laughs> i think they would have better answers than i would um i think i think my first is um my willingness to invest in myself. I've spent a lot of money and not only money, but time and energy uh, investing in learning opportunities, whether that's formal coaching experiences, conferences, conventions, uh, all these things were very costly, both in time, money and energy, but they've paid dividends. I'm not afraid to invest in myself. And I think it's really important that people have that quality. Uh, secondly, I, study individuals who are in positions that one day I want to be in. And I take that very seriously. Um, so treating your, your, your job or the thing that you're wanting to pursue with seriousness uh, is really important. And so I think I have, I have that trait in myself that I, I take this very seriously and, but I also have fun, uh, but I take this very seriously and I study people very closely who are doing the things that I want to do. And I learn from, everything that they share, but also from just their actions. Uh, so being a student of other people in the game would be like the second characteristic or trait. And then the third is um, 
I keep my word. I try my best to keep my word. And I mm -hmm. think that is a very important a characteristic because every time you tell somebody you're going to do something, your reputation is on the line. And if you don't follow through, you, you slowly start to lose pieces of your reputation. And I think you, everyone should try and guard their reputation with their life because it precedes you uh, in any circumstance or situation you get yourself into. Yes. Yes. Coming off of that, this isn't part of the questions, but I immediately thought yeah. ask my guests. So I'm going to ask it to you now. Who are some of your mentor, mentors or role models? And do you think they would be proud? Mm. One of my biggest mentors and role models is a gentleman named Chris. And we had a very close working relationship for the past three years. And now he's just more of like a mentor to me. Uh, he is someone who's played a massive role in my life, both personally and professionally, in many ways, so many ways that um, like I could talk about it for a year, so I won't waste your time. Uh, but I think I think he would be he would be very proud. And my grandfather, who's passed away, who I wish is still here, was a big um, just a big example for me about what it meant to serve others and to help others and to live a life of service. And he, when he was still alive, thought that I wanted to be a pro soccer player, which I did, but he never got to meet the other version of Sam Demo, which was the speaker and the author and the person doing the work I'm doing today. And I, I like to believe that he would be very proud of the person I've become and the work that I'm trying to do. Um, so he's also like another role model. And then honestly, I think every person is is an individual that we can learn from so just approaching everybody with the perspective of you know i would love to learn something from you is is really important wow i love that next question on my sheet i ask every one of my guests if you could go back in time what is something you tell younger sam that there's no timeline in life that um your decisions may look different from everybody else around you and that's totally okay I love that. I love that. That might be fun. So, <laughs> cool. So just for you, just for you here and some other guests, but mainly just for you. What is something you'd like to tell everyone you meet? Something that I love about them or a compliment uh, that I feel I can genuinely give them. That's beautiful. And you may have already answered it. Reiterated, what is something you do every day that you are proud of? Hmm. I think taking care of myself is is a big one. Just uh, not not sacrificing the activities in my life that I know will fill my cup. Because I realize if my cup is empty, I can't pour into anybody else. So things yes. like yoga, meditation, journaling, uh, these things are things that I'm very proud of more than like any professional, you know, achievements and stuff like that. Awesome. And last thing before I ask where people can find you, do you have any questions for me? Um, where, where can someone subscribe, subscribe to your podcast or where can they leave a review if they, if they really enjoy your interviews? Yes. The Optical View podcast is on Apple, Spotify, uh, Instagram, every social media except for LinkedIn. I need to get on that. I'll be honest. I should do that, but it's on, uh, you know, um, pretty much every social media and every platform that you can find. I'm sure you know, being a pod yourself, you just take the podcast URL and you can slot that into all of the, the major ones. And then from there, all of the smaller ones, they just, they just copy the URL when somebody looks it up and they, they take the episode from there. So uh, I've been fairly lucky in the fact that I, I knew I had to off all of the, the, the big ones right away. Google Podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and Anchor, kind of those four. Audible takes the URL and uh, it automatically uploads to all of the, the so-called smaller ones. So you can podcast platform available and if you can't then uh, i will get it on that i will find a way to, to get on that awesome well i'll be uh, leaving a review and you can hold me to it <laughs> very much where can people find you and find out more about what 
honestly search Sam demo on Google and you'll find everything you possibly could find. Um, if you want information about the book, search empty your backpack on Google. If you want information on speaking, just search my name or visit my website, samdemo.com. If you're on social media, I'm across every platform at Sam underscore demo or just Sam demo. And I would love to connect. Awesome. Thank you very much. for. Appreciate you having me, Dylan. Keep up the great work and we'll talk soon, my friend. Talk soon. Have a great day. Also, guys, please don't forget, subscribe on Apple, on Spotify, anywhere you guys listen to your podcast. Make sure you guys get the updates on more episodes as well. Facebook page, Instagram, and now also, guys, super happy, finally got around on the bandwagon, TikTok. Yes, all those will be in the description below as well. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. That was incredible. Thanks again to Sam for coming on. Want to put this out here at the very end for you guys that stuck around. Next week will be an off week for me. No podcast next week. I have it scheduled off. I'm just going to do some recordings with some people and uh, just kind of get them in the bank and uh, take a week off of editing and throwing podcasts up for you guys. But don't worry, there'll still be lots of content for you guys to enjoy. Thanks for listening.